Hey, this is Big Lou. And when I'm on the internet, I'm listening to Jack Dapper Blues. I'm Dietra Farr, listening to Jack Dapper Blues. Hey everybody, this is Adam Gusso. Hi, I'm Veronica Jackson, America's acoustic folk blues singer. You're listening to Jack Dapper Blues. Hello, this is Ray Brooks. You're listening to Jack Dapper Blues. Hi, this is Guy Davis. Hey there, folks, this is Don Fleming of the American Songster, slapping the dap with Jack Dapper Blues. Hey everybody, this is Walter Trout, and you are listening to Jack Dapper Blues. Hey, this is Shamika Copeland. Hey, I'm Ben Turner of Piedmont Blues. I'm here with Valerie Turner. And we are bluesing with Lamont Jack Parley, the best radio station for true blues. Hi, I'm Larry Griffin, and I keep it locked and loaded on Jack Dapper Blues. Yes, yes, yes. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening, blues people? Um, whoever's listening, do me a favor, jump on the uh let's see here. I need you to jump on yeah, I see it. Let me know if you hear me and if I'm clear. And we're going to definitely rock and roll. We have quite the few things to discuss today. If you see me looking to the side, I got a computer here with some of my notes. Um, because there's just, there's quite a few things we want to talk about today. So the name of today's show, the, the topic of today's show, why is it always about race country country blues and blackness and possibly a little bit of beyonce rihanna and giddens um but mostly (laughs) country country blues and blackness so before i get started i want to go down the list on some announcements. First announcement is the African-American Folklorist Magazine is still taking submissions, one for the print, one for the print magazine that we're working on now, two for the website. Now the website submissions are on a rolling basis, meaning we're always accepting submissions for the website. And the submissions for the website usually go up within seven to 10 days. It is the submissions for the magazine. It does go up. Well, it goes out once published, though, which is what I want you to know. Once published. And right now, we are working on the next physical print issue. And we are still taking submissions. Okay, that's number one. Number two, if, and that's only if I can get 25 new patrons, 
and I'm going to give you the link of the Patreon account right now. But if I can get 25 new Patreon uh, subscribers, then I will begin uploading new episodes of the African-American folklorist, writers, and the blues. Do y'all remember that uh, program? I I did a small installment for that program. It's called African-American Folklorists, Writers, and the Blues. It's on the Jack Dapper Blues uh, YouTube channel. So what this is about, this particular series, is it highlights African-American writers, folklorists, ethnologists, ethnomusicologists, anthropologists, um, archaeologists, writers, composers, playwrights, and, and the like, all who documented, described, and flat-out canvassed the Black experience through their work. Connecting the dots between the people, their interactions, their expressions, their vernacular, their music, uh, their culture, and everything that is reflected in the climate of Black America. Now, the initial three installments you will find, again, on the YouTube channel. Uh, There's John Wesley Work III, which is the very first one. Leroy Jones, a.k.a. Amiri Baraka, which is the very second one, and Zora Neale Hurston. Those are the three that are up right now. They've been up for some time. I will go back to producing them, and they're not long um, drawn out, okay? Three to six-minute episodes. So if 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 I can get... 25 new Patreon subscribers. I'll begin to release those on Patreon, obviously. Also, subscribe to Jack Dapper Blues YouTube channel. Okay, and and, and sign up for the email um, mailing list so you can stay current with what we're doing with the organization, what we're doing with the magazine, uh, the upcoming festival, and all the other things that is brewing and we enjoy doing, right? Now, who, who, what do we got going on here? Sister Samantha, what's happening? Sister Four, what's happening? We're going to get into it today. We're going to really get into it today because, you know, it's, it's a little troublesome that Beyonce comes out with a song with, with, with Sister Giddens, um, who for me, Rihanna gives that song credibility. Um, but we have to also remember where uh, Beyonce Knowles comes from, right? And and why why does that mean anything? So this is not like we we're gonna break down some stuff here because the the issue is at least for me. A lot of times in this conversation, and and, and this is why the title of the show is, why is it always about race, country, country, blues, and blackness? Well, it's very simple. You make it about race. And right now, when I say you, those who are bashing the song that are not melanated, those who are bashing the song, you make it about race. So then we, I have to remind you that American music 
popular music, where it comes from, who it comes from, how it became commodified, and what it was before the commodification, right? So that's one. Two, it also boils down to, and what also boils down to, why is this conversation always ends up, wait, let me put that back up there so y'all can see. Why is this conversation always ends up about race? And it always ends up about race because black culture is commodified, repackaged with another face, and then resold to the masses. And when that happens, it's, it's not associated that these musics, these cultures, these traditions that are being sold and bought on the market as American popular music, or more specifically country music, came from black folk, the blues, reels. We're going to get down to it as much as we can in this frame, in this time frame, okay? Now, again, just a disclaimer and to be clear. This is not about telling folks who can and cannot participate in the music. That's not what we're doing here at all, okay? Because what happens on the ground level as culture and cultural expressions are being shared and engaged is way different than when it is filtered, repackaged, and sold to and through the mass market. So, you know, if we're in my backyard and, and, and I'm with a diverse group of folk, thank you. That's, that's my daughter giving me some tea. Of course, by request of her mama. <laughs> she, she know how to make the tea. And I don't know if y'all see, I want to show y'all this. I usually always promote my stuff, but I want to show y'all this. I am my ancestors' wildest dreams. I got that in Orleans. Um, at a great brother's um, uh, 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 spot. It's called Studio B. All right, it's called Studio B. Now, getting back to the work at hand. On the ground level, if I, you know, if I invite some friends over and we sit in my backyard, or if if me and I'm invited over, you know, that's how the exchange happens on a cultural ground level. You know what I'm saying? That's not what I'm talking about. Okay. What I'm talking about is when 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 a culture vulture gets wind of these cultural exchanges, this this music that we've been doing for so long, telling stories. Because remember, you know, it comes from a place. There are, there, there, are, there are multiple versions of Black musicians from the inception, right? So there's the holder of the scroll, the tradition bearer, the storyteller, the one that passes down and educates, right? But there's also those that entertain for a living. That's a job. Those who want to entertain, those who are buskers, or those who want to be big and make it, which 
I, I don't say that with any malice. That who who do? Why would you want to stay on the shelf? You want to record an album and have the people buy it, right? But but there are so many different versions. The, the local musician, right, that works at the local whatever. And but hey hey Johnny, come down play tonight, man. Sing tonight, or or you know your church. Uh, 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 Sister Lot, please get up and sing that piece. You know, you have the you have that group, right? You have the 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 newspaper group. Who is that? The artist, the musician that that goes from black community to black community, letting you know what's going on in these other communities. And then again, you have. Okay, this is a business. It's a viable business, right? So, who? What, what can we think about the viable business, or even before that, right? The the hold downs and the the barn parties and and the things like this, where melanated string musicians will come out, and they're not even playing reels or the blues or or what we call songster music. They're playing what's considered old time music, which like country music is not necessarily um, thought about when it comes to black folk. And I'm going to say black folk because there's many versions of black folk in the Americas, at least from like 1325. There's, and, and even prior to that, right? So there's the indigenous Indians who look like mo- like African-Americans, meaning there's so many different versions. There are actually Africans. Then there's Caribbean. Then there's Afro-Cubans. We can go down the list, right? So I'm just going to say Black folk because I, I don't want Pan-Africans or, or 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 anyone in any of these groups to, to think I'm either singling them out, leaving them out, or whatever. I'm Black folk. In in black folk narrative, black folk music. Okay, so there's there's multiple functions of our musical expression is what I was discussing. Okay, and now when we think about how this is being framed, why is she doing this, and all the foolishness that was said, I don't want to keep just going into that because it's bigger than that. Because it does, it, this is not something that just happened, right? Remember, Chris Thomas King had to write that open letter because he was snubbed. Brother David, what's happening? I'm sorry it took me so long to speak to you. Um. He was snubbed for a blues Grammy. Do y'all remember that? And the question he was asking was, who gets to say what is the blues? The people of the blues? Or those outside of, quote, the, 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 the folk group? Who gets to say what is blues? So then the question becomes in this situation or this regard, who gets to say what's country? Well, why, why does that even matter when it comes to the blues people? Hmm? Why does it matter when it comes to the blues people? 
So I'm going to discuss some women. Obviously, I'm going to discuss some women who have been performing and singing country music throughout the whole 20th century and, and even the late 19th century. But to give context of the roots of a commodified music presented and thought of as a white music, let me say that again to make sure. To give context of the roots of a commodified music presented and thought of as a white music, a non-black music, we can start with Leslie Riddle as an example. Do y'all know who Leslie Riddle is? If you know, before I tell you, I'm gonna drink some of my tea. Before I tell you, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to put in the comments if you know who Leslie Riddle is. Do you know who Leslie Riddle is? Yeah, that's my phone going off. Okay. We'll get well, you know what? I'll just tell you, but remember y'all can chime in as you know this this episode and I'm talking about what I'm you know, I'm talking about this. You could chime in. Obviously in the chat, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, uh LinkedIn, you could chime in. Leslie Riddle was a a great musician. Um, he actually is the person who taught the Carters how to play this black music. Oh yeah, yeah. So he went with uh, was it John Carter? I believe I forget the the name of the father. He went with he he went out with him, right? And what they did was collected songs. But who collected the songs? See, this is the same thing, and I'm not, I, I'm, I, I, I love the Lomaxes, but this is the same thing when it comes to Worth Long. This is the same thing when it comes to John Wesley Work, the third. Leslie Riddle went with the, the Carter father to collect black songs as a folklorist, as an ethnographer. He had an innate ability to be able to see and hear the song and then pick it up, play it right back. So as they collect these songs, because they were collecting the songs for the Carter repertoire, Leslie Riddle knew these black folk because he played with them. He comes, if I'm not mistaken, two, three generations of musicians, if I'm not If my memory serves me correctly, I should know this because I wrote the installment for him in Notable Folklores of Color. I'm just really excited right now, okay? So, so Leslie Riddle goes out with, with Papa Carter, with the Carters, collects these songs, and then he go, then goes back and teaches the Carter family 
how to play these songs and to follow in return the Carter family would be credited for establishing this particular music that is thought to be white country music, white gospel, white white music. It is not thought to be of, a, of, of coming of the roots of black folk whatsoever. Now, Maybell Carter, Mama Maybell Carter, and the daughters always let it be known that Leslie Riddle taught them when asked, right? Because he taught her how to play this slide song. And so so she did say, oh, well, I learned it from this guy, Leslie Riddle. But I mean, how many of you knew who Leslie Riddle was in, comp in comparison to the Carter family? What about Arnold Schultz? Who is the roots of blues, bluegrass? Excuse me. Arnold Schultz is the root of bluegrass as we know it, due to him being extremely vital to Bill Monroe's career. Right. So, if we give a brief history of blues, country blues, and the inception of country music. And when I say a, a, a brief history, we just really calling out some of the genres or what becomes genres established by black communities and some of the places, right? So if we think about some of the places, let's start with Congo Square and the Trame. You have indigenous, black indigenous, African, Afro, African, Afro, Cuban, Afro, African, Cuban, Haitian, Creole. That's just in the Trame, the Congo Square, Storyville, Virginia, Pennsylvania, Georgia, South Carolina. According to multiple documents, Negro folk songs were created by enslaved Africans after their arrival in North America between 1619 and 1860. I beg to differ because Negro folk songs was being sang on the Americas well before this 12 or 18 or 10, how many who, how many ever they said came to America in, in 1619? There was black folk already here. Swarthy, as if you will, and the different other terminologies. Or in the 15 and 1600s when they were looking at um, what was called mahogany tribes and saying that we can bleed the color out of these folk well before 1619. So the name of some of these genres, reels, songsters, old time string music, which again, and you know, Lead Belly was, was, was a player initially of that style of music before he went to Storyville and started playing uh, blues. Slave seculars. Do you know what slave seculars are? Are you familiar with that? Steel hollers, obviously the blues, black spirituals, 
and sorrow songs. Now, the spirituals, as you know, are the story of black people's historical surviving for earth or striving, if you will, for earthly freedom. In the late 1700s, they sang the precursors of the spirituals, which were called corn ditties. Uh-huh. Another term for black music was reels, like we just said. That term was found in a W.E.B. Du Bois piece titled The Souls of Black Folk, which makes the case of a strong connection between the blues and spirituals. Right. He also, in making that connection, gives it another name, Sorrow Songs. I'm just, I'm just trying to give the context. Right. Excuse me. I'm just trying to give the context. Because there's also um, Crabelle. I'm, I'm believing I'm saying his name correctly. Was it Henry Cabell? Cabell? Henry Cabell. Or Quibel. Quibel? Well, in 1914, he published a book, um, Afro-American Folk, Storm, Folk Songs which is a study in racial and national music, raising a very interesting point when it comes to black folk tribal music, which is folk songs is not the popular song in a sense in which the word is most frequently used, meaning it's not pop. It's not popular. It is not what becomes Taylor Swift, if you will. But, it is popular as it is the song of the folk. Why is that important? Well, when you think of original country music, it is the song of the folk. It's just that when it was repackaged, what folk? And again, this is not saying, well, you can't, uh, well, at least I'm not saying that. Oddly enough, there's a group of people telling the black woman that she cannot sing country music which is, and this is the purpose of me uh, uh, pretty much kind of laying this out. Now, we have to keep something in mind. A lot of history and narrative of the blues people, as well as blues expressions, usually starts post-emancipation and during Reconstruction years, right? So just if you will, Emancipation, 1863, Reconstruction period, 1865 through 1877, Jim Crow immediately after that, right? So now if you think of, um, man, maybe if you go check out uh, Jack Dapper Blues, I have a um, article called African-American Tribal Music, The Beginning. It breaks a lot of this down. And you can see, 1865, 1867, we begin seeing collections of black folk songs, Negro folk songs by men. But but the very first person, to my understanding, to collect, document, and record these songs 
or is Charlotte Fortin Grimke, which I believe she did immediately after emancipation, which is 1864. Okay. Now, a lot, well, it's less popular to find these collections pre and post revolutionary war. One, because there to our understanding, there was no way to literally record it, capture it, outside of writing about it, which happened. So, well, I'm, I'm going to tell you, because remember, pre-revolutionary war and post-revolutionary war is very significant to the Americas, black folk, white European folk who would just... Right? Why? Well, those against international slavery were living amongst black folk and black folk amongst them. Black folk were playing this music. Post-revolutionary war, that changes. Okay? So now, with that being said, a book called All God's Children and another book called The Half Have Never Been Told. The Half Has Never Been Told. I speak about these two books often because there's a lot of information in these books. And oddly enough, the book, neither book is about music. But both books document the change, topical change in black music, regional black music, and then establishing. What do I mean by establishing? So you have a a traveler, a voyager, who who travels around the Americas, documenting and writing, and he hears songs sung by black folk in one uh, southeast area of of the country, um, possibly Virginia, possibly. And then he hears the same song in New Orleans. Now, this is post-domestic slave trade because the domestic slave trade, domestic slavery changes a lot. But in, in, in the formative years of this, there are black folk songs that are described as country songs. Okay? So now, if you think of folks like Elijah Cox, Henry Thomas, Memphis Minnie, Geechee Wiley, Elizabeth Cotton, Etta Baker. These folk were country musicians. Now, does anybody have any... uh, Please, chime in, if you will. Chime in, if you will. Because today what we're talking about is why is it always about race? Country, country, blues, and blackness. Why is it always about race?
You know, a lot of people, you know, it's 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 a sensitive topic. I'll say it again. Elijah Cox, Henry Thomas, Memphis Minnie, Geechee Wiley, Elizabeth Cotton, Etta Baker, these folk was country musicians. Elijah Cox played reels, blues, slaves, secular, sorrow songs, easily disseminating songs a vessel of songs 300 years old. He was not a slave. He was interviewed and documented in Born into Slavery, the slave narratives. His parents were slaves. He was born free. He was a Buffalo soldier. On his, uh, where he actually was stationed, St. Angelino, no, that's not Angelino. Angelo? But anyway, where he was stationed, he was stationed with former slaves. And they taught him songs that he would carry into the turn of century, into the turn of the century, and perform these songs. Same thing with Henry Thomas. Memphis, Minnie, Geechee, Wally, Elizabeth Cotton. But you know, we create original music, but we also pass or, or vessels of songs of old. And that's just naming a few that were actually playing country music, country blues. We can discuss pop singers who crossed over, made significant waves that were not black. However, their style and what they, a lot of what they got came from a black person, a black community, a black church. Elvis went to a black church. So now I mentioned Charlotte Fortin Grimke, right? John Wesley worked the third, I mentioned. Paul Dunbar, Elaine Locke, James Weldon Johnson, all of these wrote songs, all of these folk wrote songs, collected songs, or explain black folk songs, as did Sterling Brown, Langston Hughes, and Zora Neale Hurston. And like many disciplines and many genres of music and pretty much anything, for the exception of the people I just mentioned, when we look, when, well, not we, but when these things were being looked at from, from 19th, century, turn of the 20th century and on, they were looked at through a white lens, a Western society lens, a Euro lens, possibly not intentional in all cases. However, looking at these things through a white lens, what does that mean? A white eyes, white gaze, looking at it from the point of view of Western society European society, white society, whether intentional or not, it removes the roots of its blackness from these musics. It, re it removes the roots of indigenous from its tribal beginnings that are still ever present. Now, in recent months, there had been an issue with some called a new version of country music produced and performed by black folk. There was an article in the Tennessee, Tennessean, I believe I'm saying that right, and I think another one in the Atlantic, right? 
And again, people have not like, I mean, come on, John Snyder, isn't that his name? Homeboy from Dukes of Hazard is, is making statements about Beyonce making a country song. Rihanna and Giddens to me, like I said, gives it more credibility only because of the style of music that she engages in on a consistent basis. But Beyonce's from Texas, bruh. She has black roots. So, honestly, her or any other melanated person of American background can perform any American music because it all comes from the same place, the same source. So now who else were country uh, musicians or did country songs? Rufus Payne. He was known as T-Tot. Ray Charles, Little Richard. To black women who slang guitars and sang country. Linda Martell, who's in her 80s. God, I hope she's still alive. Matt, who knows who Maddie Mae Thomas is? She was recorded by the Library of Congress while she was in Mississippi State Penitentiary in 1939. Who knows who Maddie Delaney is? She was born in 1905 in Mississippi. She was a blues singer and a guitarist. And for the, to, to make that distinction, because... Those of you who know the blues know when it comes to women and the blues is usually presented as a, a, a woman in the front ground with a big band behind, a vaudeville style. They don't usually talk about the Memphis Minis and the Maddie Delaney's, who was a straight up guitar slinger and singer. It goes back to what lens are we looking this looking at this through, right? You don't think Ida Cox was a country singer? What about Vera Hall, who comes out of Alabama? Sippy Wallace, who sang a song called Up the Country Blues. Victoria Spivey, Lucille Bogan, or oh, how about my favorite? Wait, hold on. Before I tell you her name, I, I let's go back because I have to. I gotta show you a picture. Who that is? That's just my baby. That I couldn't help it, son. <laughs> Jesse May Hemphill. How many pictures we see uh, of of our dear Jesse May with a cowgirl hat on, cow woman hat? What is that telling you? And then here she got a pistol and a long stem cigarette. I mean, for to me, I, I believe they 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 thought of themselves as country singers. Who comes up with these genres and in the name of these genres? Or at least at what point did it switch? Because then we got to think about in the early days, at least the turn of the century. Let's just let's keep it to the turn of the century again. From from 
emancipation to the turn of the century, a lot had changed. And most of the conversations when it comes to this is focused in that period. But what happens is, as the trains, vaudevilles, and things like this uh, take precedence in, in these Black communities, become thriving, you have musicians taking monikers um, connected to highway routes, traveling routes, regions, because they're marketing their brand and their sound, or at least they're marketing themselves so they can perform and not just perform, but get, as they say, butts in the seat. And I say that often as well, because for some reason, there are folks who didn't think black folk were savvy enough, intellectual enough to think about marketing and promotions so that when they come out to perform, they can earn income. I know that sounds ridiculous, right? But see, we have to remember that there are some folk who believes that the way black people look and um, the conditions they were living in in extreme poverty after the emancipation, and not all, but some, without all the resources, they think that's, you know, the only version of black. And that's where all this stuff comes from. And that's how black people should be looking two, 300 years later. It's crazy. Why? Is it always a race thing? Why is it always about race? Country, country blues, and blackness. Because, like I said in the beginning, you make it about race, then you have to be reminded that the roots of American music come from black folk. I'd go as far as saying, at this day and age, the last 30, 40, 50 years, American black culture has to be the hottest and most sought after commodity to the point, I've said this before and I'll say it again, black culture, American black culture and American black music is the new cotton industry. So now with that being said, We have to remember, and I just had this conversation with uh, a great filmmaker the other day who was not melanated, but found some interesting things and in, in, in engaged in the ethnographic method of documenting these black musicians he met in Tennessee. And he was asking me a couple of questions. And my response was, black folk have a different naming convention for the things we do and how we present these things, right? So <clears throat> for the most part, and this is not always, but for the most part, if you look up something that says the origins of the blues, or the such and such of the blues, nine, nine times 
eight times, maybe seven times out of 10, it's not written by a black person. Because we usually, depending on the actual scope of the project, right? Because they, 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 depending on what the message and point is, then we'll say, okay, blues this, hip hop this, rhythm and blues that, you know, that I'm not saying now wouldn't happen, but for the most part, we usually in our naming conventions give a give, give a name that necessarily doesn't just describe a particular attribute or aspect of our cultural interaction. But when you read it, you'll see all of these things in there. When you hear it, you'll see all of these, you'll hear all these things in there, you know. So when it comes from a black lens, they may not, even though Ray Charles obviously called it country music, Beyonce obviously called it country music, and they should call it country music, Be, you know. But we, we, we may, you can find where we may not even use that term unless we have to use it for commodification purposes so you know where it lands for business, which is fine. But, I mean, country blues, country music comes from country blues. If you really, 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 really want the God's honest truth of what the separation between country blues and country music is, Race, skin color, class. Remember there was a thing called race records and then there was things called records. So if you want to know, you know, I don't know, you walk into a store and you want to know who's the black music and who's the white music. And this is not necessarily now. However, what I am saying, suggesting, or raising as a point, arguing, this happened many years ago, but the remnants of it, the programming of it, the indoctrination of it is still very prevalent. So back in the day, you go into a record store, country blues, country music, same place, looking at the both sides, you would already you would identify, oh, country blues, that's Negroes. Let me go over here to country music. Where, where, where do you think country music comes from? Do you listen to Sun House, Lightning Hopkins? The women I mentioned, if you, I'll mention them again. Look up Maddie Delaney. Look up Maddie Mae Thomas, Linda Mottrell, Vera Hall, if you don't know who that is, Sippy Wallace, if you don't know who that is, Victoria Spivey, if you don't know who that is, Lucille Bogan, if you don't know who that is, Jessie Mae Hemphill, I'll be very disappointed if you don't know who that is, but if you look her up, 
These women was country musicians. And today, today, because of all of this, we have something called the Black Opry, where there's like great uh, Kashona. Uh, I can't think of everybody off the top of my head. Forgive me. I, I follow Sonny. Um, I follow all these folks. Great, great musicians that's 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 carving a humongous and significant space as again as we come full circle to the roots of, of popular music, country music. Full circle, why is it always about race? Country, country blues, and blackness, because country blues indicates black country music indicates white really that simple sister teeny turner i can't wait to work with you you are a legend and it's an honor And I mean, that's just what it boils down to. When someone's, now think about it. When they say blues rock again, these are all dog whistles. These are codes, code words. All right, so remember, Black American, the roots of American music and the roots of a global culture that's commodified the way it is comes from a group of people on the Americas that's been getting exploited for quite some time. And to have the goal to tell a black woman from one of the epicenters of country music anything other than thank you for doing that correctly or thank you for for putting a new spin on it whatever however you want to say it. anything other than that i mean come on now i, I want to run down some of these names again males and females men and women. Remember Leslie Riddle, because if you think about the Carter family, there would be no Carter family if it wasn't for Leslie Riddle. Arnold Schultz, there would be no Bill Monroe if there was no Arnold Schultz. Okay? Storyville, Congo Square, remember that. Okay? Jesse May, Sippy Wallace, Maddie Delaney, Maddie Mae Thomas, remember that. Elijah Cox, Henry Thomas, remember that? I, I know a lot of you remember Edda Baker and Elizabeth Cotton, but if you don't, continue to remember them, okay? And, and, and let's just, please understand. Please understand. One, something really happened between emancipation and the turn of the century. Because when it comes to what I'm discussing and been discussing this entire uh, broadcast and a lot of the work I've talked about, this seems people only focus on that particular moment in time. So that should raise questions. 
Okay. Also, on the ground level, most of this is not even a problem. Okay. Now, last thing. Remember, if I get 25 new Patreons, I will begin uh, uploading and publishing new episodes of African-American folklorists, writers, and the blues. Okay? Patreon.com backslash Jack Dapper Blues. The African-American folklorist is still receiving and taking submissions for his upcoming print. And for the website, we take submissions on a rolling basis. Okay? Follow us on all social media platforms. Listen to us on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to our YouTube, Spotify. Y'all know what it's about. Okay? Keep bluesing. Do yourself a favor. Don't never tell a black person you're keeping the blues alive because that's insulting. And remember, all jokes aside, I will never tell anyone that they can't participate in my culture or anyone's culture. But I will tell everyone that you all deserve a representative from your folk group to be the holder of the story and make sure it's disseminated in a proper context. I don't care who you are, where you're from, whatever it is. If it's your people's story, you should be the bearer of it. And if you need an advocate for that, I, I advocate for that. All right? All right, good folk. Enjoy the rest of your su- Sunday. I'm going back to transcribing. I want to play some music, literally like pick up my guitar. But anyway, so I'll be talking to you soon. And if you if you did not have an opportunity to chime in on this live, um, you know, email, DM. There's something that you you want to discuss or have discussed. Email, DM. Um, I got some interviews coming up soon. And uh, yeah, keep blues and do yourself a favor. Learn about someone besides yourself. And always, 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 even if you do not engage in it, honor the traditions you come from. Peace and love.